Welcome to the Backbox Pinball Podcast, a podcast for lady pinballers and their friends. Each week, we will sit down with a guest and chat about news and events related to women in the sport and hobby of pinball. Now here's your host, Lauren Gray. Welcome, everyone, again to the Backbox Pinball Podcast, a podcast for lady pinballers and their friends. I am so excited to be joined by my friend and super awesome pinball lady, Karen Kaiser. Karen hails from, I believe, San Antonio, but is currently out in Sweden, and I'm so excited for her to be on the show today. Yay! Oh, thank you so much. Right out of the gate. I am not from San Antonio, but there is a San Antonio. Oh, that was, like, that was like your sister's here. And I was like, dang it. I was like, I thought it was like, is she from San Antonio? Man, see, I messed that up already. Well, um, San Antonio is definitely like my home base in the United States right now. But my uh, dad was in the Navy and we moved around uh, all the time. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's the classic story of like, that's where he was stationed when he retired. Yeah. So that's where, yeah, that's, where, <laughs> you know, like that's where home base became. Yeah, no, no, I totally get that. I got lots of family members who are military and that's how my grandparents ended up here. Like it was very random. Like this was the last place my, my, my grandpa was stationed and then they retired here. <laughs> And that's how and we ended up my family ended up coming down here to live when I was a child because they were here. San Antonio seems pretty chill. Let's move down there because my family's originally from Chicago. Um, so, oh, yeah, the prime pinball destination. I know maybe it, pinball was in my DNA. And I found <laughs> out really recently that my dad was super into pinball as a teenager. I had no idea. And my aunt was, yeah, he would just sit me in a corner and he'd just sit there and play pinball at the bowling alley for hours. And when I saw him play, I got a little emotional because he was so excited when he started playing. And I had an EM that he was playing um, during the holidays. And he was just so excited. But he like tore it up. I was hey, skills are coming back. He's like, mm, kind of rusty. <laughs> oh, man, I would love to be sharing that with my parents. That is because the classic the thing that I hear all the time when it comes up, like, uh, somebody will sit, typically say like, oh, yeah, I, I like my grandparents have one of those in their basement. Um, I didn't have that experience <laughs> at all. I didn't touch like a pinball machine until I was I don't know, like 24, something like that. Yeah, I had he had introduced me. He kind of dropped me off at the arcade when I was 10. And he's this is a pinball machine. This is really cool. And he played a game and I was just, just hooked. And that's how kind of I developed my love for them. But I never really knew that he was into them. He just kind of this is a pinball machine. I didn't the, the, the association wasn't there until my aunt mentioned something. How funny. Yeah, it's too funny. But OK, we've we've derailed a little bit so Karen well I'm sorry this it, this happens on the show and I'm so excited to have Karen here and I'm like ah um but Karen tell tell us a little bit about yourself tell us about your uh, pinball origin story you know how you got into pinball and where you're at today sure I started playing pinball when I was a graduate student in Colorado and uh I actually it's very nauseating I apologize in advance but uh, on my first date with my now husband, he took me to a place in Lyons, Colorado to play pinball. And so that was, you know, the beginning of a lot of big changes in my life. <laughs> uh, and at the time, I really was like, oh, this is fun. I didn't think, oh, this is going to balloon into a major organizing principle in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Low, it has come to pass. So I got a couple of years of play in Colorado, like around the Denver scene. And then I moved to Japan for two years and played a little bit there. And then I moved to Sweden two years after that. And I've lived here for about five years. So I have some experience playing in 
in a lot of different kinds of communities, I think. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I couldn't quite remember dates, and I was really happy to have the IFPA results. (laughs) (laughs) Truly, because I was like, oh, yeah, I must have moved there at this time, because this is when I go from American to Japanese tournaments. Oh, yeah, I must have been visiting Sweden, because I have a couple of Swedish tournaments uh, in, like, that fall. Um, Yeah, it's been nice to have an excuse to, like, go through my pinball history thinking about this conversation we're going to have. Yeah, and for those... I'm actually seeing Karen. We're on like a video chat right now, but she has the coolest Japanese pinball poster behind her. I'm behind me is like my messy bed. Ah, <laughs> oh, no. But, uh, but yeah, no, she has this cool Japanese pinball poster. I'm like, Oh my God, that thing is so epic looking. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but this is from this poster is from a location that popped up in the second year that we were living in, in, in the Kansai area, like around where, uh, Kobe, Kyoto and Osaka are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it had just a major effect on my pinball life. I started playing, but I didn't play competitively for like the first year that I was playing pinball. Okay. I was, I would show up to tournaments. I can't even believe that this happened, but I would show up to tournaments with David who had been playing for much, much, much longer. And I would just sort of like, you know, play games that weren't in the tournament, hang back, check it out. <laughs> I was, Oh my God. Like, that, that doesn't jive with the Karen I know today. That's crazy. So uh, it, it's kind of funny. And I, I, so I felt for a long time at the beginning of my pinball life, like I was like the plus one for my male partner who plays. And in some ways, because I didn't have like a pinball hobby, like I didn't have a relationship to the hobby before I met him. Then it felt like I had, I don't know, less ownership of it for some oh, reason, okay. because like, yeah, I don't know. Like, it was adopting, his thing. like you're just hanging exactly. out and that's his thing. Yeah, like he already knew how to drop catch when I was learning to not double flip. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody starts somewhere. Everybody starts somewhere. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but then I did uh, I did get to have the experience of having David be my plus one at the Women's World Championship. Oh, which nice. Which more than anything is a testament to how quickly I will bring that tournament up in conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I'd bring it up all the time. I would like wear like if I could carry my trophy or medal, whatever. I'm like... Do you know that I'm the 2018 uh, World Women's Pinball Champion? IFPA World <laughs> Women's Pinball Champion. I, I would try to insert that into every conversation possible. Totally awesome. Yeah, I did. Um, I did. Abs- I did that very thing for about a full calendar year. <laughs> well, it was so funny. Um, you know, when you were competing, you know, I was just getting into the competitive side of the hobby, and your sister was blowing up the San Antonio Pinball Enthusiast Facebook page. My sister is winning. My sister is winning, and she was so. <laughs> adorable she's like my sister won and I was like we were like yay we were so excited for you but she was so excited and she was like posting pictures and everything and I was like you are adorable and then that's how I kind of got to know you touching. yeah yeah she, yeah she 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 was she is your number one fan let me tell you yeah it's nice to have like a hype person right yeah yeah no um, she, I she, wish that she would enter rooms before me with perhaps like with a boom box um really oh, get the crowd like, going yeah, you need entrance music. We'll get you like the little satin row of like the boxers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In reality, um, I don't think anybody had. I mean, because I because most of the competitors in that tournament are people who compete in North America. Right. In fact, I think I think everybody but me that year was people who compete in North America because I don't think Dan- Danny didn't come. And no. I there was nobody from Europe. Um. Yeah. yeah, when so, I'm like thinking like, about who played that year, yeah. 
Yeah, nobody knew who I was when I came in. And that really, I really benefited from that, just with for my own, like, feelings going into the tournament. Yeah. Because the thing that always holds me back is uh, just intense nervousness. Um, especially playing as m- pretty often the only woman in tournaments here, or yeah. that's not quite fair to say, because there are people who, there are other women who compete for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still happens fairly often that I would literally be the only person at a given tournament. Yeah. Um, so then there was the element of like, like you tell yourself, I'm representing all women at this tournament. <laughs> like I'm not just playing my, for myself as an individual. And I hate that feeling because I get that too sometimes, especially if it you know gets down to me where I'm the woman, the girl, whatever. Oh my God, I have to you know stand here with the flag for all women. I have to not mess up or you know suck too badly because I'm like oh, I'm a girl. It's like no, no, I'm representing all all female kind here, all female pinball players, and it it does get overwhelming. That I think that kind of played into what happened to me at Bat City. You know, it was like oh my God. People started getting into my head, and I got into my head, and then freaked out, and then I just crashed. I was like, oh, I was doing so well. <laughs> it, it is so much about figuring out the, like, figuring out, for me at least, and maybe it seems like for you, figuring out how to manage my, whatever the voices are in my head, about yeah. how I'm playing. And the only thing that helps me is to listen to music. See, I haven't done that yet, and I've already kind of, like, because I was like, well, I need to listen to the the machine, da-da-da-da-da-da, but I think in those situations, especially when it comes to those larger tournaments, there's so much going on besides the voice inside my head that's just constantly churning. I have already been looking at, like, wireless headphones because I don't have any wireless headphones because the wire, I know, would bother me. So, But that, that's, like, my next step, so I, you totally called it. <laughs> <laughs> you know the um I had wired headphones for a while and they kept getting tangled on the plunger. <laughs> and I would get like a kind of a whiplash scenario. Yeah, and I was I kind of tried to do it. I had a set of beats and I'm like, oh, I'll try and I'm like they were like but constantly with my hand was just I was like, ah, I can't do this. Wireless headphones it is. So, but now I've got like all these headphones. Oh, I was like I have too many sets of headphones. <laughs> there was actually a tournament in I played a match play tournament in Yun Shopping this summer which was a really fun tournament, not least because the proprietor bought a slushy machine. <laughs> that's the slushies. best. <laughs> I know that's my new, that's my new standard, like will not show up unless there are slushies. Um, but I listened to actually an audiobook during the tournament. Really? Which was, yeah. Okay. That's <laughs> just a kind first. of as an experiment. And I, uh, I don't know that I would def- necessarily repeat that, but uh, yeah, I can say I've done a lot of uh, how to manage the pinball stress or fear or whatever nervousness i've done a lot of uh, field research in that area oh my goodness um, and it's definitely true that for a lot of machines you need to be able to hear call outs um yeah it's tough it's, it's, it's a, tough it, it just depends like i mean if, if if there are machines i don't know i tend to not, maybe not want to put the headphones on but if there, there are machines i know like things i've played i'm like i don't i know what the call outs should be so i'm like Ugh. it's kind of a tough call it's just Particularly in a tournament setting, I think that having that the being able to kind of close it all off, you know, the people and the noise and everything, you know, it kind of is a yeah. plus. It's not even about being able to hear Lizzo directly into my ears yes. and my soul, although that's a big part of it. Yeah. It's it's about like you get to a place where it's going so well with the ball that you stop hearing the music even though it's playing. That's the goal, is to not have is to sort of not have any of that input. Yeah. Like 
yeah, affect the way that you're playing. But I don't know. I, I do find it empowering to listen to Lizzo. Yeah, no, Lizzo is amazing. I love her. If you guys don't know who Lizzo is, you need to go and introduce yourself to Lizzo because she's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, if anybody out there has uh, pinball music recommendations, please don't keep them to yourself. I have like a pinball playlist that I have myself, but uh, but yeah, it's one of those things where it's constantly growing and changing and and I only have women on my pinball playlist because I need my lady power. I need to like, you know, harness it. And I'm just going to have ladies on my, uh, my playlist. But, uh, but uh, yeah, you'll find no judgment here. Yeah. <laughs> I fully support that decision. Oh my goodness. Well, Karen, thank you again for coming on the show. Um, you know, I, I of course met you via your infamous win in 2018 and heard about you and your through your sister. And then we had started chatting on Facebook and Messenger. And then you came down and we got to meet in person. And I have to tell you, so when you were here, I was like, oh my God, you were like a pinball celebrity to me because you were like <laughs> a champion. And then I was watching you play Iron Maiden. And I was just like, Oh my God. I like, I wanted to go up and ask you to play, but at the same time, it's like, I'm just going to watch her because she's so cool. And I'm like, dang it. She's like, look, she's blowing it up. It's like, no, it's like, no, I don't want to go bother her. Oh my gosh. I had no idea that you were watching that. Yeah. I felt like a creeper because I'm just watching you play. That's totally fine. I, um, I hope that it was a good ball. It was a really Um, good ball. Because that Iron Maiden at What's Brewing. So I was in town for a little while. I think it must have been after the world championships. I don't remember if it was before or after I visited San Antonio somewhere within that trip to Vegas. Yeah. And, uh, it must've been just after anyway, that's not the important part of the story. The important (laughs) part is I noticed the GC on Iron Maiden seemed achievable. It was, it may, maybe it was like 600 million. I don't remember what it was, but I said to myself, Karen, you're going to take that GC before you go back to Sweden. <laughs> this, is, this is easy. You've got it. You're going to leave your little mark here. And then uh, I did not do that. I was there for <laughs> several. I had several dedicated, like I had like work I needed to do. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go over to what's brewing for a couple of hours. And the, the wall that I kept hitting was that I always play on machines that have rubber feet. And so oh. I was doing these, like I could not adjust for that which is my own deficiency, but I was doing these really embarrassing slide saves that I did not mean to be doing. <laughs> and I think there were a couple of times there were people there where I was like, Oh, sorry, that's not actually how you're supposed to play anyway. Uh. <laughs> like, I don't think it's cool or good that I'm jerking the machine around this much. Uh, sorry. Um, but no, I left, uh, yeah, I left uh, what's brewing in shame, having not entered my initials into any machine, well, but I'm I sure. did win that uh the raffle yeah the, when you were here for the raffle yeah <laughs> you yeah, got the which, shirt if you can believe it. Yeah, exactly and the shirt and if you can believe it the art is still it's like against the wall this is how far i've progressed since that time it is against the wall that it's going to be hung on but has not yet <laughs> made it onto a nail okay. we renovated a, a little pinball space in the the place we're living now and uh, frankly, that art is beautiful and it completely matches the color scheme. So way to go, everybody. Karen, had we had a raffle. We tra- I'm trying different things as the lead coordinator for Bells here. And we did a um, giveaway of the some of you have seen the Sea Witch shirt that Bells and Chime San Antonio had. She's an artist named Regina Morales. And she I was like, hey, can you just give me some prints? Like just like, you know, I want to make some poster style prints. And She's like, yeah. And there's only like four of those around. Like she didn't 
she ran off a couple just for me. And um, so, yeah, you have one of a few of the actual like art prints that she did because um, we don't actually put that out. But uh, but yeah, it's super cool. I have one and I love it. I'm like, oh, my God, this thing is so awesome. So, yeah, eventually it'll make it on the wall, though. I have the same problem like um, behind me. Like I have some stuff I got from Tilt Cycle and like it was leaning on the wall forever. And I'm like, I, I'm going to do this. But it took like oh, months. <laughs> It becomes an unbridgeable gap. I don't know. Because in my mind, it's already on the wall and it looks great. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It looks fantastic. Um, No, I I need to. Maybe this episode is a a good like turning point for me to actually (laughs) nut up and post a picture of it because it is gorgeous. It is gorgeous. I was so immensely proud of it. Yeah, no, it's 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 super, super awesome. I I love that. And, you know, we're trying to to figure out like what we're going to do art wise. But Regina is going to do a custom shirt and some art for our fall ball. Um, so we were trying to be doing art for every single league season. So we've kind of like, well, we're going to move away from that. And instead do it for each season, we have a separate match play tournament, a separate from the league. And we're going to do art for that. Um, we didn't do it for SummerSlam. We didn't get a shirt, but we did do art, which is kind of cool. Um, but for fall ball, I'm just going to give you guys an exclusive. It's going to be Sanderson sister related. I don't know what the art's going to look like yet, but it's supposed to have a hocus pocus tie because that's what our trophies are like. So I'm very excited to see what she does. I love this. And I love that you have a woman artist doing the artwork. That feels very, very meaningful. It's so funny the, the way I met her. And, you know, she was doing art for a friend who is a musician here, Garrett Caps. And we hooked up and then I found out she knew the coordinator that does the SAPL, the Open League. And she was like, this is really cool. I want to be a part of this. So she joined up and she's doing awesome in the league and she's super into pinball now. And yeah, she's just been a great addition to our tribe, but also she's just a great friend. So I'm, I'm so happy that I got to meet her and it wouldn't have happened had I not decided to do this whole pinball league, pinball adventure. So I, you know, the, the people I've met playing pinball to me, that is the, the greatest thing I've gotten out of this because I've met a whole new set of ladies and, and men um, that have just been really, really fantastic. And they wouldn't have been in my life otherwise because the, the thing is, I think pinball just brings back together just unique people from different walks of life and we all just bond over pinball. I, that has absolutely been my experience. And um, it's really not an exaggeration to say that when I was in Japan, I wouldn't have had any Japanese friends except maybe through work if it weren't for pinball and in Sweden, because I work from home, so I don't have like the natural sort of work ecosystem to meet people. I don't know that I would have a single Swedish friend if it weren't Aww. for pinball. But <laughs> it was great. There's like this, um, there's like this built in community mm-hmm. and uh, this sounds so pageanty, but it is absolutely my experience. The best part about the world championships ha- was meeting other women who compete just far and away um i mean winning is not terrible i highly recommend it Uh, (laughs) a plus plus fast shipping great product would recommend um but the relationships that i've been able to have with other women that i've met that i met in 2018 and in 2019 they just have given me this much more acute sense of belonging in the hobby that i didn't even realize wasn't there until I got to have that experience. Um, And I, I don't know, I left the United States at like just the right time to really miss out on the growth of women's events because they haven't happened here yet. Yeah. 
and I, I kind of feel like it in like the little pinball community I play in, I say little pinball community. Sweden has a very robust pinball community, but um, in our neck of the woods around Gothenburg, I think if there's going to be a women's event, it's going to have to be me organizing it. And I am terrified of doing that. So I, I'm got to get in there. It, you can do it. You can do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what, it, I don't know what it is. It's a little, it's a little bit weird. I, it's gotta be also that I'm not Swedish. I don't know if you've noticed. I'm yeah, aggressively I, American, <laughs> just incredibly American. In fact, most of the stereotypes about Americans in Sweden, I exemplify to a T. Um, <laughs> Including, like, always there with the eye contact and a smile. You don't want eye contact? Too bad. Here it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, random guy at the bus stop. Look me in the eyes. How's it going? Um, yeah, it's a nightmare scenario for them, I assume. But the uh, there's, like, a double outsiderness to being in a community that is very, very heavily male and then being in a community where I'm the only American there. So I don't, I don't know how that shakes I, out. But I, I can I can understand the the challenges or the the trepidation of maybe you know stepping into that kind of role in, in organizing something like that. I, I can see that. So I understand. Yeah. So. And my sense is that there are a lot of like social cultural rules that I still after five years find pretty impenetrable. Mm-hmm. As though I'm operating in a really like artful social way when I'm in the United States. No. <laughs> I, I feel that, you know, Scandinavian culture, there's so many cultural cues that are just so different from the United States. I, I've had friends over the years that are from Scandinavia, and they just kind of just raise an eyebrow for most of the American things that we do. And, and I consider myself, I'm not going to lie, I consider myself a a, a very worldly type person, at least as, as much as I can be being from Texas. But, uh, you know, I, I've traveled quite a bit, and, you know, I've you know, live different places and uh, you still, there is still a bit of outsiderness as much as you try as much, you know, you're still not part of the, you know, inside, inside circle. Um, and so it, it can be challenging. So I, I completely understand that. We have totally gone off the rails and that's my <laughs> fault. I'm like a terrible host. <laughs> but, uh, but I let's talk about uh, Lizzo and the world championship win. So that's, I've checked all my boxes here. Those are two uh, off-rail-worthy discussions, so I'm not going to give us too many dings on that one. But uh, let's jump into a little bit of pinball news. There's not a ton of news this week. The biggest thing, of course, is Pinberg, and replay effects just happened. Okay, spoiler, if you haven't heard, fast forward about five minutes into the podcast (laughs) so you don't find out who won. (laughs) I don't want to, like, you know, hurt your feelings or anything but um of course the pinberg main event was the winner was of course keith elwin hey keith goat you know it's like that's a that's a complete shocker you know it's like oh yeah keith won um you know congratulations he's fantastic i mean it's you know the year of keith i think between you know he had iron maiden he won last year he has jurassic park he won this year so he is doing really really well so congratulations to him i mean i was still kind of hoping for a lady you know to win because you know that i it's not that i don't like the guys i just wanted a lady to get up at least get on the stage (laughs) but maybe next year maybe next year 
So the big news out of Pittsburgh, in my opinion, is the whipped tournament, the Women's International Pinball Tournament organized by Jessica DiNardo. Much gratis. She did an awesome job as TD. And we had 128 competitors. And our winner was out of the Ohio area. So congratulations, Holly. And Holly, I'm going to mispronounce your last name. And I really, really apologize. But um, but you were fantastic. I thought you did an amazing job. And I'm not going to try to pronounce your last name, but I will put it in the show notes. Um, but Holly um, really owned it. We The finalists were Holly and Priyanka and Carrie and Rachel from Chicago. And for a moment here, we're going to talk a minute for because because Rachel, you gave me goosebumps with that save on Spanish eyes. Did you see that? Save on Spanish eyes. Yeah. Oh my God. I was like, oh. I, I literally like I typed it into the, the, the chat. Like I have goosebumps. You gave me goosebumps from the save on Spanish eyes. And I was, I was like, get it. Did you see it Karen at all? Oh yeah. It was yeah. such a fun moment because of not just the incredible skill, but also just the whole moment with, uh, the crowd responses yeah because you hear the you hear the gas (gasps) like the whole (laughs) so hearing the crowd respond watching her respond to the crowd's response it it was a moment it it reminded me of um there was at uh at epc in finland must have been a year ago two years ago they uh colin mcalpine came and could not he was on the stage also in the final could not hit the chair shot on uh, Adam's family. Oh, and just over and over and over again, couldn't make it. And the crowd is like, you know, like at a certain point, even as competitors are like, please just make the chair shot. <laughs> and uh, it was the same kind of feeling where you get this benefit of this giant crowd feeding the energy. I would really be curious about how, like how that affected, like that awareness of all the people behind you watching, how that affected her in the moment. Um, but it was incredible to see. Just no. like the little, the little, uh, taps on the flipper button, like the little yeah. jostling out. She, like she kind of just jostled it out. I'm going to put the link in because you guys haven't seen it enough. Um, cause I posted it on our Facebook page or my, my Facebook page. I posted it on the bells page. I posted it a bunch of different places, but it was one of those like, Oh my God, <laughs> like, I can't believe this is happening. And I've only played Spanish eyes on pinball arcade. So the, you can't really nudge really well on the uh, mobile phone, but the, that is a game all about nudging. And I feel like I need to play it in person just so I can develop my nudging skills because I, that's where my game is weak right now. Cause I just, I still feel bad about like, you know, slap saving and things like that. Cause I'm like, it's not mine. <laughs> Would it beat up on the machine? <laughs> Although I, I am tilting more often than I used to, and everybody's like, "Warn, you're tilting!" Like it, it's all the rage inside of me. <laughs> it's true. I um, I recommend doing massive slide saves where you also tilt. Uh, that's a <laughs> that's a maneuver that I'm favoring lately. Oh my goodness! Yeah, no, it's one of those where I couldn't believe that I um. Yeah, I was like always. Sho- I'm always shocked when I tilt, but at the same time, like you know, I feel good. I feel good. I feel like a champion. Even though I just lost it right here. <laughs> At least I, I went out swinging. So that's kind of my thought on the, the whole tilting thing. But um, it was a really great finals, I thought, overall. And also, props to Carrie. Carrie's going to come on the show in a few weeks. But, man, she blew up that first ball on uh, F-14 Tomcat. I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it, wasn't on the, um, it wasn't on the stream, but Zoe had a, an amazing game on uh f14 also in i think the round just before that uh that that machine 
There's some inside rimpo. That machine I'm not comfortable with. I don't get like it uh, freaks me out to play it. So watching other people play it so beautifully. Yeah. It was incredible. It was incredible. I usually tank on F14 Tomcat. I had a really, and when I say good game for me, it's like 500,000 points, which I'm just like, oh. It's just terrible. But uh, it's I'm not a fan of it. I just I I, I never just like the flow. And I was like, I hate I'm just I'm not good at it. Like, it's just not my jam <laughs> at all. Yeah. I try really hard because it oh, I I make myself play games like that because they come up in tournament all the time. It's like I, the, all the games I'm not comfortable with. Of course, I'm going to end up playing them. It's like, ugh, Death 14 Tomcat. It's like, why are you back? No. But yes, yeah. but um. But again, ladies, to everybody that competed, all 128 of you, I hope that the numbers even grow and that this, you know, event becomes even larger. I, you know, was so excited. I definitely, I already have, I already have my room for Pimberg booked next year. I already, I (laughs) went and yeah, no, I told myself I'm going and I got messages from several people um, like, why aren't you here? And I'm like, it's a long story, but I, you know, it was a work thing and, you know, I just, I wish I had gone, but I just didn't. I didn't even get in. Then I was like, well, I got work. I travel for work. So I was like, oh, that's a work thing. I can't go. But I already blocked it out. It's like I went on Airbnb. I was like, I am getting a place on Airbnb. And like now I've already paid for it. So I'm like, all right, I have to go now. <laughs> <laughs> At the very least, you're getting a trip to Pittsburgh. Exactly. Um, the exotic locale of Pittsburgh. So I'm very, I've never been to Pittsburgh. I've never actually been to have Pennsylvania. You not? I have not. Yeah. So um, I've been to Papa twice. Uh but other than that, I think that's it. I've not, I've never made it to Pinburg, and it's my dream tournament. Karen, it's my dream event to attend. Come. I got a two bedroom place on Airbnb. See, <laughs> see, I'll, it's all I'll, part. It's all kismet. See you there next year. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> great. That's a, a, a frustration with being so far away from like major events like that, or having to do serious travel to get there, is that I can't. I really have to pick. At the absolute most, two things to go to every year. Yeah. And I can't just not, I mean, I, I can't not see my family when I'm yeah. in the States. So it's sort of like, okay, when do you have time to make it to a tournament and also have at least a week somewhere before or after? Um, yeah, it's, it's tough. And I told myself after this year, okay, I'm not going to worry about qualifying for the women's tournament i'm just gonna enjoy like just enjoy the hobby play don't get stressed out about the results um and then i found out that it's going to be in denver next year oh really so i I hadn't heard about that so okay i did not know it was going to be in denver yeah no i hadn't heard about that oh no i think it's i thought it was common knowledge no, I mean, it, it might be. I just hadn't heard about it. So I'm not going to, I am not the end all be all for all women's pinball knowledge. I, I try to be, Nor but I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure that it's, that the uh, women's tournament's going to be in Denver next year. That's at least the, the IFBA women's about. tournament. Yeah. Okay. Not, they're and not going to do it in Vegas. I don't think so. Is it going to no, be separate so. or is the men's going to be in Denver or is it just going to be a separate event? I think Oh no, I don't know what I've got. I've have made these wings of wax. <laughs> um, so <laughs> my understanding is that nationals and the women's tournament are going to be in Denver. Okay. Yeah. No, that, that's I mean, not, if that is not confirmed, 
so sorry, Josh. So sorry, everybody. Um, but yeah, that's my understanding because the reality is I, I am not interested in a, an annual vacation to Vegas. <laughs> that's not something like given all of the other events there are to attend. Yeah. I don't think that they changed it because of my personal preference. In fact, I know that they didn't, but, uh, Yeah. I'm pretty sure that it's not just going to be a Vegas only situation. I think that would be great. I, I honestly think that they should like have it in different places. Like it not should not just be in one location just because you have people from traveling from all over the world coming to these events. Like if they in move theory, it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it does make it a logistical nightmare, but <laughs> uh, oh, I just yeah. think it would be, you know, like Denver and then they could go to Portland or Seattle and then they could like bring it to Chicago and, you know, maybe go to, you know, South, you know, do something in Florida or Texas or wherever and, you know, move back up to New England. That, that just, I would like that just because it's like, it's kind of like the Super Bowl. It's always somewhere different every year, you know? It's like, and it gives people who travel, particularly, you know, you have your top tier players who travel and do this, you know, I mean, I don't know what their finances are, but for me, like, I'm like you where I'm like, okay, I can travel, but I can only do like three or four events a year, realistically, just from a financial standpoint and a vacation standpoint. I'm like, I only have so much time off and my family does like me to spend time with them. Yeah, they people I, people tend to get real particular. My mom has a lot of opinions about that. Um, the the question of like where that that tournament should be located and like format changes or having it um, having it be much more separate from the nationals, especially because I don't know if you noticed, but the nomenclature became the women's tournament and the men's tournament for nationals. Yeah. Which is very frustrating. Yeah. Um, but it would be great to have those be in separate locations and or on separate days. I'm not, I don't, I'm not quite into all the, I don't know for sure what all the constraints are with that, but um, my, I mean, my ultimate dream would be having a full on IFPA style tournament, like, you know, like a weekend long situation. Like yeah. No, I open. That is my dream as well, Karen, because it's always like, you know, hey, we're going to bolt on the ladies event, like to whatever events going on. I'm like, can't we just have our own thing? I mean, I get that, you know, we would have to organize it and get people there and stuff. But I think that we could do that. And instead of it just being, oh, the ladies thing is the last day of whatever event or, you know, oh, well, the ladies event's smaller because we don't have as much time for, for that event. And whereas I'm like, well, maybe we should just have our own event on a separate day at a separate place. <laughs> and yeah, I'm not saying that I don't feel like self-imposed limitations. Yeah, definitely. I'm, yeah. It's one of those things where I'm just, I, I, you know, in my dream, like the women's, you know, championship would be a completely separate event. And it would be like a weekend long event where we would have other ladies tournaments. It would just be like, you know, the lady pinball festival or whatever, you know, whatever it may be that's you know my dream in my mind is that that's where we would kind of end up is you know it would just be a a woman focused event but i don't i don't know if we're excluding people and you know i don't want it to be seem like we you know i don't know i just i just hate sometimes where i feel like oh yeah the ladies event on the third day or oh the ladies event you know oh you only have like you know yeah where it's just sort of an extra you know, extra thumb and on the hand of the tournament. The, the, uh, the thing I'm most interested in and like maybe selfishly, uh, definitely selfishly is that I wish that it, that, uh, the women's world championship could be more 
meaningfully international. Um, I assume that's why the Open World Championship has like country exemptions, for example, because they're correcting for like the availability of qualifying points. Right. I, I mean, I assume I don't. No one's told me that. That I don't know that for thing. sure. I mean, that makes the most sense, but I'm not sure. Could f- probably yeah. find that out, but um, that makes the most sense. Yeah. So it would. It, to me, it seems like if it's already so North American heavy, yeah, as it is right now, lean into that. Have the North American Women's Championships. Um, but I don't know. I'm a. I am just a humble participant (laughs) no i have i have a lot a lot a lot of opinions about this that i'm happy to share with anybody i'm ready for it to expand and have a different format maybe i don't know it was really hard to decide to go from sweden for a single elimination tournament where i could lose four games and then that's it that's my tournament You know, yeah. like that, that didn't, I didn't feel like, like Penn Masters was great. Um, but it was a little bit tough to have, to have like the big incentive to be a different tournament that is a two day event and then have like the thing that is in my mind more important be right. something that was, was relatively small, yeah. not small. I mean, I don't know. It's 13 hours of play, but, uh, it just seemed more, I don't know. It seemed more about pin masters and less about our events per se. In, well, in terms of the percentage of play, you know, like the percentage of my trip that was going toward a given tournament. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also played terribly in pin masters, but at that point <laughs> I was like, I have nothing to prove to any of you. Um, the, just the, I don't know that it's reasonable to expect people like if we want the players from, you know, say New Zealand and Australia or from other places in Europe to conceive, like even if they qualify in to conceivably find the trip worth taking, um, then it seems like there would need to be a format change. I don't know. I'm, I I got to lots of opinions. <laughs> No, I, I, we, we might want to jump into that here, but news wise, we didn't have a lot of news this week. There were some code updates for, um, dialed in and also Black Knight Sword of Rage, which I'm like, that just came out. You have another code update. Um, the code updates for those. I haven't learned the original code. Yeah. I'm like, um, oh, okay. If I, exactly. I'm like, I haven't learned the original code. And I feel that they keep on avoiding Ghostbusters. They, they, they're telling me that the code is coming for Ghostbusters, but, it's hilarious. Like they even updated. We had Kate Rothwell Jackson on last week. Thank you very much for being part of that email chain. Um, but sure. you know, they just did the code update for Game of Thrones. I'm like, you guys are doing everything but Ghostbusters, <laughs> which yeah. desperately needs a code update, but they're working on it supposedly. Um, but the, those, there wasn't a lot of big news. I mean, Pinburg week is always kind of a slow week for news because everybody's at Pinburg or Replay FX. So, um, but I do want to make a, take a moment to thank the amazing staff at Papa and Replay FX for putting on another amazing tournament. Thank you so much for, you know, having the ability to watch it on stream, um, because I was watching quite a bit of it. So thank you very, very much to all of you guys that put in the work for that event. It, it always looks amazing and I'm very excited to be a part of it next year because I am going to be there. I am saying it right now. I'm going to be there. I, I don't know if I'll be able to get into Pinburg. That's always the luck of, uh, the one minute that I have to register, but I am going to go and have fun nonetheless. 
Um, but, uh, congratulations again, Keith. Congratulations, Holly. And, you know, congratulations to everybody that competed because that is a marathon. It's definitely not a sprint. And I've got to like think of my shoe and snack game. <laughs> for next year if I decide to compete. Um, but, but I again, love that thread in the Bells and Chimes forum about like, okay, what what, sho- what shoes are people wearing for this? Like I have to up my shoe game. Yeah, and it, it's yeah, like, you, you know, you you have the, oh, women talking about shoes. No, no, we're talking about like orthotics. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Thank you pointing talking- that out, yeah. Yeah, yeah how high should my heels be? No, yeah, I mean, it's like how, how, what is the best cushion? Yeah. What's going to help me take the of my shoe exactly my we're showing different pictures of giant cushiony tennis shoes and running shoes and you know should i get these brooks i don't know and then you know naomi was talking to me she's like i get the orthotics and then she was showing me like she had put pictures of these ice slippers that she puts on her feet at night why do i not have these ice slippers oh my god i need those that's fantastic but um there's just all this prep work that goes into it. And I feel like there's also, you know, I'm seeing threads from people, you know, they're kind of, eh, I got to go back to work. I know you went to pinball summer camp and now camp is over and I'm sad. You got to go be, you know, regular person and not at pinball summer camp. <laughs> there is a very real like come down period after a major tournament weekend. Yeah. Um, it's sad. It's sad. Yeah, it is a little sad. Like I gotta go be with the muggles, y'all. Sorry. It's like, um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no. Congratulations and thank you so much to Papa and everybody from Replay FX that puts on such an amazing event. Uh, so we're gonna jump into. I know we've kind of been going back and forth, and this is gonna be the extended pinball podcast episode. Um, but oh. <laughs> no, no, it's awesome. It's gonna be like Backbox Plus. Um, but uh, Karen, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about. I'm you know so excited to have you on. Of course from your win last year at the world championship to hear about just the European scene from the uh, female point of view on what you think is going on in Europe and, you know, how it relates to the American pinball scene. And just, I, I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. The the biggest difference between pinball in Sweden and pinball in most places in the States is that you cannot win money. It's um, against the law to win money really? for pinball. Is it like yeah. a gambling thing or it's, it's well, it's, it's something thing? to do know. with how, yeah, I, um, it's something to do with how the machines are classified. I mm. think they're classified somehow like um, slot machines, basically, or the kind of like casino machines okay. that you would see in like bar. Um, and so it uh, it requires a different kind of like license and perhaps because of that there there's not as much like machines on location culture here it's definitely growing um and i think there's more of it in stockholm but i that's on the east coast and i play on the west coast there's not as much of that in gothenburg although i just learned that there is an oktoberfest and a willy wonka on location in gothenburg (laughs) fun i got to play both of those when i was in la a couple of weeks ago they're super fun yeah, I, I haven't had the pleasure yet for either of them. Um, so because you don't win money, people are in it for obviously the social experience, um, but also uh, whoppers. Whoppers really matter. Um, like the TGP is important. Um, but even before the TGP stuff, there was my first impression. I'll tell you, my first impression was I came from like the Denver community where at the time monthly tournaments, this is like, I don't know, eight years ago, nine years ago at the time, monthly tournaments were mostly like double elimination, you know, very straightforward. And 
And then I uh, was going to go to a tournament the first time I was ever in Sweden, which was summer 2010. And I thought, okay, I'll, you know, like usual, I'm the wallflower. I'll go and hang out while David plays in a tournament. This tournament is like eight hours long. And so they they just had, I mean, it's not unusual for a tournament to be yeah. six, ten hours long. And they just want to sort of get the most out of it, I guess. Um, I didn't enjoy the wallflower experience for a tournament (laughs) very much. Um, But yeah, it's uh, the scene is still pretty male. Um, There are, I think there are women who compete in like all of the communities across Sweden, but uh, my experience is that there's not really more than a handful of women in a given place. Uh, The potential, I think the, exception the exception to a lot of this is probably going to be stockholm but stockholm has had two women's events actually oh wow and yeah they were organized by veronica i think the last name is mazurkovich i'm so sorry veronica if i am saying your name incorrectly um but the first one was 34 women and oh that's the a, second one that's pretty good <laughs> no it's insane i didn't even know about it until after it happens too that would have been the, otherwise it would have been 35 um and the second one i think was around 18 women oh wow. but then but then that is very pinball in Sweden is very weather dependent. <laughs> <laughs> and so if the weather's good, yeah. they're like no pinball, we're going outside. Like it is, a, it is an indoor sport, and if um, we have very very long dark winters, like all of those stereotypes are true. It's very miserable <laughs> for a lot of the year. Um, the summer totally more than makes up for it, but you know in the winter there's a, more of an inclination to be indoors, or if it's raining, that might affect turnout um so yeah she organized those two events and i i i think that there's potentially going to be another one later on this year but i don't actually know that um but those were not for whopper points they were just for uh you know fun hang out get to know the hobby like enjoy ourselves playing pinball which is again that's a headspace i need to get back into <laughs> did you have have did you participate in those women's events or no no them. I how would far is, is it from you to stockholm it's only a couple hours on the train okay. it's not that bad um it is very weird that i haven't really competed much around stockholm because it's not an inconvenient trip at all um it just had I don't know. I, I, for some reason, go more often to like Copenhagen or to Oslo even, um, which is maybe about the same distance from where okay. I am. So uh, anyway, um, I think that in terms of the gender breakdown in Sweden, the I went through and tracked every single piece of like every result that we have in the Swedish championships to see what oh, percentage wow. is. Yeah, this was a very long time ago where I was like, ugh facts are friendly, like numbers don't lie. Let's get some raw data. <laughs> um, and I think the height, I think the highest it's ever been is like 8.2%, something oh, like wow. that. Okay. Um, but it's been hovering at around seven, eight percent maybe for the past couple of years. And we're talking about the Swedish championships. This is a, um, this is a tournament with like between two and 300 players. Okay. So this, we're th- it's like, you know, 17 women 16 something like that yeah um and even in stockholm where there have been women's events in the open tournaments i think there are still only a few women who are playing in those spaces right so i'm not i i mean i far be it for me to interpret that data but that is the data yeah um and yeah that i mean like i was in 
I got to play. We actually had a tournament maybe the weekend before last called Pinball Summer Camp. <laughs> and speaking of <laughs> that was yeah that was a weekend with five tournaments oh wow uh like a monthly on friday that was a frenzy tournament and then on saturday like a simultaneous classics tournament and modern tournament within like where there were like playoffs or yeah where there was qualifying during the day and then playoffs later and for anybody who didn't qualify there was i believe a knockout tournament as a consolation and then on, so that's all saturday and then on sunday uh a consolation tournament for anybody that was left over uh well not i guess at that point it's not a consolation tournament because the main tournaments are over but yeah, yeah. just an extra sort of extra saturday or extra for everybody else. yeah um and i gotta say i do not hate the trend of consolation tournaments because i do like to be consoled when i'm out <laughs> i happened to go on a saturday tournament and i had a moment this is like not rational, but I had a moment where I was like, "Oh, I don't have to. I don't. I don't get to play in the consolation tournament. Oh. That could be that, that could be more whoppers for me." And it's like actually, you could just get whoppers in this tournament that you're continuing on now. Um, that shows the uh, I don't know scarcity mindset that I bring to this hobby. Um, but uh, an interesting thing about the Swedish Championships is that it's a closed tournament. Only Swedish people can compete in it. Really, and. Yeah, and for a while, I mean, I now qualify as a Swedish person. Not, I mean, I do have dual citizenship, but um, the first year I got to play in it was 2016. So I think the idea was that I had lived in Sweden for at least a year. Mm-hmm. Um, sufficiently Swedish at that point. <laughs> um, I do not hate seeing the little American flag in the IFPA results. But uh, the Swedish championships for a while maybe for quite a long time was the only closed tournament i think yeah and that's because it predated ifpa oh, okay it, it i think the first year was 1990 oh wow yeah it's like the the community here is is very well established it's it's got a very long history and um there was a gap in the swedish championships where it wasn't going between I want to say 1997 and 2002. I think there weren't mm-hmm. any Swedish championships, but it picked back up in 2003. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just a, like a really old community here. And now I think there are other closed tournaments. Like I think that the Danish championships are closed and only for Danish players. And in theory, I believe every national tournament has the option of doing that. Like yeah, if I- Josh Sharp said, I want to have the, with, you know, this only be for American players, then he would be able to do that. Yeah, That's I mean, not going to happen, though. I can see if, like, it's country-specific, where it's, you know, this is the Swedish National Championships, or this is the Canadian National Championship, that it's closed to just Canadians or Swedish, Swedish people. That makes sense to me. But, I, you know, I always think of the, the other tournaments that are open, you know, because you have those people who fly around and try to get Whopper points, and, you know, no hating on yeah. them, but, you know, that's their that's their bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes, but it's, uh, sometimes I am among them, not yeah. often. Uh, but yeah, it is It is a, a it's kind of a, I don't know, it does seem less like democratic from the outside, but it did make sense to me. I wasn't bothered by not being able to compete the first year that I was here, even with the idea that I might not be able to compete in perpetuity. It, there was never a time when I thought, I'm going to change my player country to Sweden so that I can be part of this tournament. Um, <laughs> I don't know, that just wasn't. Yeah. wasn't going to be the direction I took. Um, so because there are not as many machines on location in Sweden, where around where we are, a lot of it is private clubs. 
Okay. Uh, like people definitely have home collections, but a lot of where comp- competitions happen is in private clubs. And like we have three of them. No, we have three of them in Gothenburg that actually have like tournaments. But I know that there there's at least one more in Hoaxbow that used to have monthlies, but doesn't have them anymore. But um, most private clubs have like a big annual tournament that they host. Uh, a bunch of them have monthlies. I don't know. Okay. Like five years ago, there were, I think, four or five monthlies that I was competing in. And that's dried up a little bit in, around Gothenburg. There's like one and a half monthlies that I'm competing in now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I guess the message is that I need to start a monthly tournament. <laughs> the world is telling you, you know, the cosmos is telling you that you need to start a, a monthly tournament. But yeah, yeah that, that's always funny- challenging. Yeah, the, 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 I can't really figure out, quite figure out the market or the ecosystem or something because while the hobby is growing in general in Sweden, it doesn't seem to be growing at quite the same rate in the particular city that we live in. Um, don't That's really, like, yeah. Although the home, like I say I live in Gothenburg. I just recently moved to a suburb right outside of Gothenburg. But before that, I was in a city called Boros, which is Sweden's rainiest city. Oh, wow. Um, and thus, the best city to play pinball in. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that has a mat. Like, we specifically moved. When we moved from Japan to Sweden, we picked Boros as the place that we would be living because it has a massive, massive arcade. With, oh, wow. Like, I think right now it has 73 pinball machines. Oh. And Wow. Yeah. And the proprietor has 123 machines total that he owns. Oh, Although wow. that's subject to change at any moment. Um, he does tend to accumulate more machines. Um, so like right now we're renting a machine from him that we have at home along with uh, a machine that we own. Nice. So, yeah. So that was, uh, th- I think of that as the pinball capital of Sweden. I don't know if that's very fair because Stockholm has <laughs> the actual capital has like 50 person monthlies. <laughs> oh my gosh wow they have, they have like a big competitive um community but uh boros that that town has like in this like massive arcade space they have probably five major tournaments a year oh wow and that's like the there's like a pin, there's a new year's eve tournament oh oh fun which i go to every year and uh was the reason that I qualified two years in a row for the women's championship because I got in just under the wire enough points at the end of the year based truly it came down to winning the New Year's Eve tournament one year and then coming third the next year. And that put me just into the qualifying area. How <laughs> insane is that? Like, let's make it as stressful as it possibly can make oh, it yeah, for myself no. by having come down to like this day, this moment, this machine to make or break the, my ability to be part of that competition. <laughs> uh, I'm really, really trying to avoid that this year. I don't know if I'll qualify, but um, I'm going to, I'm really going to try to go into New Year's Eve, not having that be on the, on the line. <laughs> well, um, Kate had mentioned, um, and I thought about you as well, that um, the Dutch pinball open, that that's one of her favorite events because it's one of the few that has a separate women's tournament um, yeah. that, that she's a she's a big fan. And that's like that's her go to to tournament. Um, is that something that you participate in as well? I've never been to the Dutch pinball open, but it's at the top of my pinball show list precisely for that reason. Um, I I want to be able to meet and compete alongside 
other women in the hobby um, because we're pretty, I, I don't know if like I can generalize from my own experience, but it's uh, it feels pretty isolated. Like there's sort of maybe all the women who compete at the Dutch pinball open have like their, uh, their uh, community. And I really hope to be a part of it, but um, yeah, I just haven't made it there yet this year. I, we're going to go to the Belgian pinball open. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's not standard to have a women's tournament at, uh, at ma- a major European show, unfortunately. And I could speculate as to why that is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was surprised I, when she yeah. st- said that last week, it, at least even though we like, we want our own thing da 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 da, um, in the sense of having a separate event, but I'm, there is always, I don't want to say always, there is, I'd say 80% of the time, a women's division, whether or not be a full-blown tournament, there usually is a women's division event or women's division final. You know, they take the yeah. top female players and you play, you know, for, you know, awards or whatever. I, I find it surprising that the Dutch Pinball Open is the only one of the major, you know, cause you have the Hungarian, you have the European pinball championships, you have like a couple of different events and I'm like, mm-hmm. none of these have women's finals. I'm like, yep. okay, weird. Yep. So, yeah. So that might, might be my American bias, but you know, weird. Well, okay. I was, uh, dismayed by this as well. And I, it really, I didn't really understand how developed the community was, um, with women's events in the United States until meeting other women at the championship. That is actually, I mean, that's legit the reality. I really didn't know <laughs> what, what had been happening while I was, you know, off enjoying myself in Japan. And uh, I hope that we can have something similar to that. Um, the, to me, the, the most important thing would be to have women making decisions, like as the team that helps organize major shows because I, I could understand that um, if it's only men who are like, for example, this year, the European championships are going to be in the pin lab in Copenhagen, which I think Kate mentioned going there. To play. She did. I think that maybe is an all male organizing thing. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's, maybe that's the, well, this is all speculation. Sorry, Mats. I don't know. Um, but it, it does make sense to me that, maybe they wouldn't know for sure whether that was something that was wanted, whether um, whether there would be participants in it. I feel like those things are self-clear. Like, <laughs> I feel like it's um, good to have the tournament, but I do have a really American perspective on that, so I, I don't know. I couldn't really speak for the women in Europe. And yet, here I am. You know, everything. <laughs> but I, I, I was, frankly, I was surprised that there was a women's tournament in the Finnish European pinball championship. I was really glad because it was a chance to sort of have a dedicated space to interact with other women. It's bizarre how that doesn't feel like it happens organically, or at least not for me. I need like some kind of structured, (laughs) all the women are going (laughs) to gather in this area at this time. (laughs) I don't know. And I'm Maybe the thirstiest person there, just being like, "Hey, hey, new friends. Hi, hi. Would <laughs> you like some eye contact? I've got some for you." Um, but uh, yeah, I I was really bummed to see that there wasn't going to be a tournament at the EP, at EPC this year for women. It's weird that some like I participate in everything that I reasonably can, like, like truly. Like if it's there, I show up, 
Um, and I'm not going to have a women's event to participate in between like from the women, the world championships to maybe next year's world championships. If I can qualify. Oh, that's kind of a bummer. I I really, really hope that it happens in Stockholm. Um, and that, uh, I could be part of that, but there is something to, uh, having a separate space to socialize and to compete that it, it just does like it. I don't know how to explain it, especially because I, have tried and failed to explain it to men who've asked me about it. Like, so what's the deal with women's tournaments? Why do you feel like you want them or need them? Um, it just feels speaking only for myself. There's kind of a heaviness that I didn't realize or like layers of thought that I have to bring to an open tournament. If, for example, like thinking, Oh, if I'm the only woman here, then I'm, you know, for all these people in the room, I'm representing all women to them at this tournament, you know? Um, it's, it was almost the feeling of like, t- you know, you take off roller skates and then your feet are really light and you have this moment where you're like, whoa, is this how my feet always are? They're just like, <laughs> I, I just walk around like I'm on the moon. Like that is the feeling that I had going from only competing in open tournaments to being able to be in a women's event that, that really captures it. I, Except I guess that roller skates are awesome. I think, you know, again, this is just Lauren speaking. I'm not speaking on behalf of all women. I think there is a lot of less societal pressure that, you know, that could be self-inflicted um, or, you know, things that I, I constantly have to think about being a, a woman in a space with um, with men that when I'm with women, there are different pressures and things that I don't have to think about. And it's just a bit more chill. And I'm and I'm not putting anything negative on men they're just the the dynamic is different whether we like it or not or it's there the dynamic is just different and you know i just don't have to put you know those extra coats or whatever you want to call you know i don't have to put that kind of stuff on and i'm just kind of being chill with my ladies in my space and doing something that i love and it's very hard to articulate. It is very um, hard and it makes it come off. Well, you think just men are just a bunch of, you know, horrible people and you just don't want to play with us. And, and I was like, it's not that it's not, it has, it honestly, in a way, it really has nothing to do with them. Like I, and I try yeah. to like, I'm like, it's not about you. <laughs> it's not about men in particular. It's just about women creating the space and just being with other women. And I, I can't, yeah, yeah. It's really hard to articulate. And I just enjoy yeah playing with men. I do enjoy the open tournaments as well. I, I, we have a fantastic community here in San Antonio. Um, very, very lucky, but I enjoy doing my women's events. I truly do. And it's just this intangible kind of thing that I just enjoy playing with my ladies, playing with my squad. I I can't can't put a word on it. I mean, it's the, I I guess it's just the experience of not being in an underrepresented group. If you're at a women's only event, you're not in an, you're like you're just in the group yeah you're not an un, there's no asterisk i mean there doesn't i i think for me probably a lot of the time that asterisk is kind of self-imposed i don't know if you watch rupaul's drag race I but, do. <laughs> um, okay yeah it's definitely like uh my inner saboteur or like the calls are coming from inside the house yeah it's it's extremely i mean that's definitely yeah there's definitely a lot of that but thing that i had a really hard time explaining and maybe understanding myself is that i felt a kind of support and lightness where I wasn't really sure how to explain that to the men who asked me afterwards, or maybe just the people that asked me afterwards, because it makes it sound like we're less competitive with each other. 
you know, like, oh, you know, we're all just like braiding each other's hair between rounds and like, you know, it's not that at all. You want to win. Yeah, no, no. It's super competitive. It, I mean, there is the support, you know, we're very, you know, at the Bells Local chapter. It's, I think it always throws the guys off a little bit. when. So this is so funny. So I play in the Bells tournament. We're super supportive. Good job. Good ball. Good save. Very lifting each other up. And I tend to bring that when I come to the open. <laughs> a league and when I could play in the San Antonio Pinball League and the guys are this is great because I'm like great ball and I'm like double high five (laughs) they're all okay they're just kind of like taking it back but in a really good way I think because they're like okay and I'm just all about the high fives I'm like oh that's a great ball great job and and they you know I feel like if we you know bring that kind of you know support and like it's yeah it's competitive I want to win I'm not gonna lie like Last week, oh, I was not doing well. My hand slapped down on that uh, that uh, bar quite a few times. Like, no. Nah. <laughs> Did you get some yellow cards? I, you know what? I probably should have given myself a yellow card because I was just twice. I once on Guardians and the other time on Tales from the Crypt. I was like, I hate you so much, and I was like, bam! And I was like, oh, and then I'm like looking at myself, like, oh my god, I've become that person. I have to go. <laughs> oh, we all go take stand a turn in the corner. Yeah, yeah. We all we all take a turn in that. Position. Yeah. No, and it was sweet. And I had just been invited to somebody's private collection. I'm like, I am not acting like I'm acting like a fool. He's not gonna. He's gonna disinvite me. <laughs> Again, you really need to work on your big slide tape tilt where you actually accidentally hit one machine with another. Oh my gosh, I can never show my face at this arcade. Um, but the, uh, I don't know, there's something that it just for whatever reason that I can't articulate, it felt really different. And I would love, I think if I had been able to have that experience from the beginning with pinball of having women's events, then my relationship to the hobby would be radically different and i think i would have approached open tournaments with a really really different mindset i don't think i would have internalized as much like you're the only woman everything you do is representing you know and even after getting a title that i'm really proud of the it was almost became more literal like you rep now Now you're you're the world champion like yeah you're um you know on paper you're the you're the best of the of this category so you know if i beat you in this round you you know it's like that kind of thing um when in reality tournament wins are about doing well in a given place and time yeah and i'm i'm still kind of uneven in terms of my rules knowledge especially yeah and i'm i am fine with that (laughs) (laughs) i'm really fine with that um but yeah it's i I don't even remember where i i think this came out of like the oh yeah the dutch pinball yeah the dutch pinball open and things so but you know it's just i think it was excited to talk to you just because i i I knew you and then on top of that you know i wanted this european perspective and, and i thought it was interesting not only hearing from kate but hearing from you just kind of you know the women's perspective on pinball in sweden and pinball in europe overall we're also going to be talking to and i apologize um her name is dina um she knows kate and i believe she knows you yeah dina Lindsay. Lindsay. i'm like i'm sorry dina i didn't remember your last name but um she's going to be coming on the show in a few weeks as well to to chat about uh pinball in germany and also a women's pinball in europe so we're 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 keeping the european vacation going (laughs) (laughs) that's so fantastic i can't wait to hear that perspective because i that's kind of a i would love if there were more of a network 
Yeah, yeah. no, I think that, that you know, we, we have a very tight network and it's even becoming more so now that the more Bell's chapters are opening and, you know, more of us are kind of getting on the kind of the national page um, that, that that's happening in the U.S. Um, definitely, mm-hmm. you know, women's pinball is growing by leaps and bounds, but um, I think there's more of a, a collective kind of idea of maybe where we want to go. At least there's the, the mm-hmm. conversation starting, I should say. And for everyone yeah. listening, that's my dog in the background. She's just like, <laughs> hi, mom. <laughs> you can't you can't see her Karen, but the the, the bell you're hearing that I'm not going to be able to edit out that would be my dog like hey mom <laughs> yeah I was kind of wondering I'm like please stay asleep Delilah stay asleep Shh, sleep from home Aww. but yeah no she's super is cute. she named after the radio personality Delilah I do get that a lot um really so, um no uh so I adopted her so that digress about we're gonna talk about my dog because she's my sure, baby sure, sure. yeah um so Delilah is ten. And I got her when she was two, but she was born right around the time that Hey There Delilah song came out, you know, by the playing white tees. I'm assuming that's where she was named from. I have no idea. So my dog, my poor dog, she was given away twice. And her her name used to be Cheyenne. And I look at her, I'm like, you are so not a Cheyenne. I'm like, (laughs) that's a terrible name. I'm not. No offense to anybody named Cheyenne, but for my dog, that was not, that's not who she is. And she's, she's a Delilah. Doesn't have a Cheyenne essence. No, she does not have a Cheyenne essence. She has a Delilah essence. And usually I call her Lala. I'm like, Lala, what are you doing? And, um, but she's like my old little lady. I call her like my B. Arthur because she just gives me the face. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. It's like, but, you know, I know people have like real human children and, but Delilah is the closest thing I have to a human child. And my husband makes fun of me all the time because he's like your dog i was like yeah she's living her best life she's like she won at the the shelter you know she won <laughs> she she's like oh the sucker right there we're gonna get her like yeah, I was like, yeah. but uh but no I, I i love her my my husband's family raises show dogs or at least they did um so oh, he's amstaff so american staffordshire terrier which is kind of one of the bully breeds um they are they were like super dog show people if you've ever seen the t- the movie best in show uh, mm-hmm. My husband says that's incredibly accurate and they are like, <laughs> I make fun of my father-in-law all the time because um he, when we would take him to the dog show, like I didn't get it. Like when I, you know, I got engaged to my husband and he was like, okay, you have to come to the dog show. And I'm like, okay. So I could see them in their element. And I called him the dog father after that. Cause like he'd sit there <laughs> on his like little chair and like people would come over and like kiss the ring and like, look at my dog. What do you think of my dog? So and, he waited until you were really in love. To yeah, that. exactly. <laughs> like I didn't know. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm in this. And, and then, you know, he was having to like, like they're super in it. Like he was doing the stewarding in the ring. Like, so the dogs could like go around with the judge and everything. My, uh, my hu- now husband is. But they like left me and I got cornered by a lady who was into Cocker Spaniels. I was just like, oh, good Lord. I was like, I didn't know this was such a thing. Like, I mean, I just got my dog from the shelter. Um, but my husband's huge on shelter dogs. He loves them. And he's like our next dog. He likes the dogs that are so ugly that nobody wants them. He's like, I want the dog with like the snaggle tooth. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, yeah, he's yeah. super. Um, they're, they're great. And, um, but yeah, they're super into dogs. So they laugh because they've had so many dogs. And to them, it's more of a, a different mindset. Whereas Delilah has clothes and, you know, eats organic <laughs> food and all this yeah. stuff. And, you know, they, they're, they it's love like Delilah. Like, dog. yeah, <laughs> like, it's like, my, this is like Delilah's, like, you know, it's Delilah's world and we all just live in it. So. I am really sorry, everyone in pinball land that we just digressed about two minutes about my dog. But um, yeah, so I talk about her quite a bit. Like if I'm not talking about pinball, I'm usually talking about my dog. Um, And there's pictures of her in my office. (laughs) 
They, for the longest time, I didn't have a picture of my uh, husband. I just had a picture of my dog. So all Again, my coworkers were like, "You'll find no judgment." Yeah, you, you're like, "You're married, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, no, I'll get a picture of my my yeah, I'll get it. Don't worry about it." <laughs> but uh, but anywho, um, Karen, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I, I really appreciate it. I think we've had like a, it's a meandering discussion, but I think it was a fun discussion <laughs> about all things European pinball and. I really hope that you'll come back on the show sometime because I'd love to kind of get an update about what's going on in, in Swedish pinball for sure. And I've yeah, had such definitely. a fun time chatting with you. Um, but before we end the show, we always do a segment called Inside the Pinball Studio. So it's an opportunity for us to learn more about Karen and the workings of your pinball mind. Are you ready? I have done my homework. Oh, I love oh, that no. you did your homework. Oh, I've set an impossible standard. That's fine. That's fine. Let's, let's do it. I'm ready. Karen, question number one. What game do you love? Uh, Valley Star Trek. Oh, okay. Very nice. I mean, I love a lot of games. But, but like, it, like the game that you love. Yeah. I have loved. So is there a particular reason why Valley Star Trek? Do you have like a certain tie to it? Or is it just something you love to play right now? It looks beautiful. I love the gameplay. Um, I find it really satisfying to hit that warp shot. and <laughs> do the bonus collect. <laughs> um yeah, it's it's just everything about it is gorgeous. The theme is perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an era that I particularly love. Yeah, no, no, it's a great game. Great choice. We haven't had that one yet. So good job. All uh, right. What game do you hate? Um, recently, I have come to really hate Blackjack, um, which is another mm. classic. Yeah. Have you ever played it? it I is... have not, but I've seen it. So, yeah. OK, so, so you know, it has the like player hand and the dealer hand right so you can sort of adjust them based on what the where the ball what the ball meets on the play field and then once the dealer hand is lower than the player hand and you can win you know the blackjack game then you shoot it into a saucer on the right that saucer christian holmston in rural sweden i'm speaking directly to you (laughs) that saucer rejects so often that it has to be demoralizing. <laughs> frustrating. It is so frustrating. I mean, I could name games that I hate just because I like I not hate, but I could name games that don't do anything for me. Like dialed in, it does utterly nothing for me. But blackjack, I have legit beef with blackjack. I actively hate it, and I get really frustrated if I if it's drawn for me and I have to play it. No. It's just sir reject. What can you do about it? I mean, I guess I could jiggle it a little bit more, but it does feel like it, that feels like a game that is has earned for me the like, oh, this is luck, that kind of thing, um, where I really don't tend to feel that way about classics. Yeah. Oh, Blackjack. <laughs> no, I totally get it. What is your favorite pinball art? Okay, here's where we go back to Pinberg because the, on the first episode of the, like the first time that you did these questions, the immediate thing that I thought of was Spanish eyes. And because I saw it when I was in at Papa for the first time, which must have been like, tw- I don't know if it was 2011 or 2012. I don't know. But I, I walked through, you know, the whole place and all the whatever 400 games or something. And that's the game that stands out in my memory. I took a picture of it. I like sent the picture to my friends like, wow, look at this amazing art. It is just 
so beautiful. And I was tickled to see it on like in the bank on the stream for Finberg because it's a game that I had not thought of again since like until I heard you ask that question. I thought, yeah, that is a is that game as beautiful as I think it is? And then I looked up pictures like, oh, yeah, it's actually more beautiful. than I, am I love the artwork because it is so unique. I don't feel like it. It is very, as soon as I'm in, like, that's Spanish eyes. I don't, you don't even have to tell me the name of it. I mean, I immediately know what it is. And I've never seen pinball art that's similar to that. I mean, I could be wrong, but at least I personally have not seen anything that comes close to that. And it's just so different. And even the layout's different. It's just a, a really neat game. I feel like, to me, it's one of those games where everything comes together. And I really enjoy just, the art on it's just beautiful, though. Yeah, it's it's gorgeous. There, It really isn't anything else like it. I think that artist did one other game, if I'm remembering correctly, what I read on the pinball database. But, but I actually think it might have been like the same iteration of Spanish Eyes. Like it's the other art thing I've seen was very, very similar to that. I think just with a different name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. I would love to look at that every day. Yeah, no, that's a beautiful game, and and I just loved watching them play it and Rachel owning it like a boss. It was like, oh, this, no, that was a that was a great round to watch but the artwork on that is really it's very unique the first time i saw it, i was like oh i really like this so, may, so maybe someday it'll be in the the lauren gray collection i haven't decided yet um, <laughs> I, I i still got to work on my husband and get his buy-in on because it turned into i'm gonna get one then it turned into two now two's like well maybe i'll have five i'm gonna need like a game room area in our next house <laughs> Yep. And he just kind of looks at me like, how many do you want to own? I'm like, mm. I was like, it's like well, your puppies. I'm like, you want all the puppies. <laughs> oh, yeah. The space that we renovated in this house was supposed to be just purely my office space because I work from home. And it very quickly became, I mean, what kind of work do I really want to do? I, I could probably fit maybe four machines in this room. Why not? <laughs> Feels like that's better use of the space. Yeah. It's dangerous. Yeah, no, it's very dangerous. It's very, very dangerous. What is your favorite pinball sound? I mean, it's it's hitting the spinner. It's like a direct hit on the spinner. Yep. And I, although the sound is not different, there is a quality to it that feels different if it is back a backhand to the spinner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, there's, yeah, that's just such a great, I mean, the, other than that, like the jackpot callouts for uh, Lord of the Rings <laughs> are incredibly <laughs> satisfying. But I mean, that's part of why I like classic games more than modern machines. It's just the sort of sensory experience of it and the sounds that come along with it, especially that, Oh, the spinner is a thing of beauty. Yeah. It's so, it's so hard. Like, I mean, if you're going to ask me, I prefer playing solid states and EMs like realistically. I mean, I love modern games and, and I'd like to have a modern game in my collection at some point. But there is something immensely satisfying about hearing the, the bells and chimes and the, the sounds from those early solid states and these EMs that you just don't get from modern machines. Modern machines are fantastic and they're a lot of fun, deep rule sets and just a lot of bells and whistles. But it, to me, it's just the sometimes the experience is a bit lacking. Just, you know, yeah. Warren's personal opinion. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. My, my favorite is electromechanical and then solid state would be a second favorite and then i'm like and i love them all but that is the hierarchy yeah no no totally totally agree what is your favorite tournament festival expo to play in uh the first tournament that i ever played in was uh called dory hill pinball is the dory hill pinball camp out that was a tournament and so this is like my first competitive play 
And that was a tournament where it was at a campground in Colorado and we like rented cabins in the campground. I think I'm remembering this correctly. It does feel dreamlike, but people brought machines and put them on like the front porch of the cabins. And then we kind of walked around and did like a golf tournament. Oh, on those fun. Machines. That was such a great entry point. <laughs> I um, did come in behind somebody who quit in the middle, but, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was like, it was really kind of a dreamlike space or like to be able to have like a campfire situation with everybody in the evenings. And that was really nice. Um, in Sweden, my favorite event is probably the Burles Pinball Classic Open. Which is, I mean, just a giant, like, four tournament weekend in Boros. It just, fe- that to me feels like a summer camp, even though it is in the spring. <laughs> <laughs> it's spring break. <laughs> yeah. There's a fall tournament in Boros also that's the Boros uh, Pinball Open. And mm-hmm. the only difference between the Pinball Open and the Classic Open, or Classic Pinball Open, is w- whether the Classic Tournament is called the main tournament or whether the modern tournament is called the main tournament. So they're really. <laughs> Basically, I get to do this every six months. Nice. Um, but yeah, there's just something about I, I really, really look forward to it every year. Oh, how cool is that? No, I like those. What is your grail pin? Do you either own it or do you aspire to own it? Okay. Are you ready for this? I'm Up right. until, let's say, 24 hours ago, what? I would have said Royal Guard, which <laughs> I still would love to own. But in in... The last 24 hours, looking back through my pinball history, thinking about, okay, what is worth kind of like, what would I want to say about Swedish pinball? What were the experiences in Japan? I got to looking at um, Sega EMs. And because I, when I was in, uh, in Japan, I got to visit the Japan, what is it called? I think Japan Game Museum, which mm-hmm. unfortunately is closed right now they save for renovations i really really hope that it opens because they have this incredible collection of sega ems and sega ems like sega was so 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 ahead of its time it's incredible and it is so sad that they're on that they are not everywhere like um there's a game called surfing that has this again this is like a 70s you know em from sega that has a saucer that kicks the ball up through a wire form to an area where there are magnets under the play field that like the ball surfs the magnets. And I mean, this is, really? this is incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. They had, um, I'm not going to remember the name of the machine, but they had, uh, basically a, a game that had like a missed multi-ball type situation where a, a, a magnet slowly drags the ball across mm-hmm. the play field. Um, but neither of those, is my holy grail machine. My holy grail <laughs> machine is something that I just found out about, um, which I didn't get to see in person in Japan. And that is a 1977 Sega Solid State called Woman Lib. Have what? you ever heard of this at all? No. It is a women's liberation themed machine. <laughs> and, How have I not heard about this? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, listen, I had never heard of it. Um, and now it's like, this is the true Holy Grail machine where it is not within the realm of possibility to own it or probably to ever even come across it. Like that's the true like mythic grail. Like Royal Guard is the achievable one, but 1977 woman, it's like a woman hyphen lib. And uh, please, uh, my apologies. I'm going to quote the pinball database. 
The manufacturer's flyer refers to the center five stand-up targets as a placard type of target. Each moves side to side asynchronously to each other, never touching the other. What? Okay, so you have stand five stand-up targets, right? That like moves that move side to side, but at different like intervals. Like they're not moving together. They're not in sync. Yeah. Okay. And then I'm I'm quoting again. Can you tell I'm a I'm a teacher? Um, the effect is to simulate the movement of signs held by people at demonstration rallies and parades. Oh. <laughs> yep. This is amazing. Each, I know. I know. Each target will stop moving when hit by the ball several times. Okay, so we do run into a little bit of like, what's the story of the machine then? Is it me hitting a ball against women who yeah, are carrying? Yeah, I'm like, oh, <laughs> we, why do we want to knock down them peacefully <laughs> protesting with their sign? Yeah. I, I Actually, when you said that, I was like, oh, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I very much doubt that that was their, uh, that was their meaning. But um, what, I mean, can you imagine? Yeah, no, and, I've, I've got to go find like video or something of this. I, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was like a dream. Uh, I really, re- I mean, I, you should definitely link to it in the, the notes. Oh yeah, no, the show notes. I will put a, a link from the in, um, internet pinball database for sure. But I'm hoping I can try, find some video of that being played. Or if if anybody out there listening owns one or knows somebody who owns one, hit me up because I'd like to find out more about this game. I'm very fascinated. Uh, yes. Also, no price is too high. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the yeah, I just couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, couldn't believe what a fine that was and that made me so it really made me wish that i could more carefully walk back through that game museum and just make sure that there wasn't even anything like a back glass or something although i must not have seen anything like that because there is 0.0 chance that i would have forgotten that <laughs> yeah that that, that that would definitely stick out in my mind if i ran across it i'm like what uh, but I mean, any really any of the Sega EMs, and I guess the Sega Solid States. But the Sega EMs are like, guys, spend some time on the database reading about them because they're incredible. And there's like YouTube footage of them being played. Yeah, because you, I, I've never ran a, ran across them here in the states. So I mean, I'm assuming that's just like something you'd run across in Japan or Europe. I think possibly. so. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I've I've only ever seen or heard of them in Japan. Yeah, no, I'm 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 incredibly fascinated. I'm like, like literally like I'm gonna go do this immediately after the show. Yeah. Women <laughs> live. It is really something. Oh my god, good Grail pin. All <laughs> right, next question: Who would you most like to play head to head? Anybody? It, it can be somebody in your personal life. It can be any anybody you know in the pinball world. Yeah, this to me this is the hardest question. Because uh, I, it depends so much on the context. I think the best people to play against are people who are better than me. Not so much better than me that it is just in, on every level demoralizing, but <laughs> they can like better than me, um, and uh, like a kind, you know? Yeah. I mean, like that's who who wants to play against somebody that's unkind? But I mean, a generous competitor in the right. sense of. Um, you know, like, the, gosh, what a low bar am I setting? Treats you like a person, doesn't look through you like water. But um, basically Wait, somebody who, yeah. like, there are people that you play against that are better than you, and they want you to be better. Not in a condescending way, but in a, like, okay, let's, you know, like, I'm going to give you a tip, or I'm going to... Um, so I love playing against people that are, are better, that are willing to sort of talk strategy or explain something to me after the match for me a perfect example of that Colin McAlpine 
Um, I don't know if you've ever had a chance to play with him. Um, so, so he is one of those competitors who, you know, I, you know, I walked up to jokers and that the bat city open and he made a point like, Hey, you know, shoot for this, do this. And not in a condescending way, not because he kind of, cause I was like, I've never played this before ever. I, this is the first time I'm seeing it. And, but every time I've ever played with him, it's always a point where he wants you to be better and he wants you to become yeah. a better player. And he's not, I mean, he, he's very much a competitor and he, like, he's still going to shellac the floor with me because he's that good. But he is um, one of those people, and and there's lots of people in pinball like this. I think there's more people like him than not, but, you know, that take a moment like, hey, you know, when you're playing this game, you know, you want to shoot for this or do this or this is how this, you know, combo works. And, um, you know, and if you're out there listening, you know, try if you if you realize you're with somebody who maybe doesn't know as much as you do or you realize Oh, well, this person isn't having the best game. Maybe they, I don't want you to mansplain. Don't do that. <laughs> but in a, in a coaching kind of way, like after the game's over, like, Hey, you know, I noticed that, you know, have you ever played this? I, I usually go with the, have you ever played this before? Like not in, a, in an ugly way, but you know, and then kind of go with the, well, Hey, next time here's some combos you may want to try or, you know, or maybe just even ask, can I offer you some advice? Because I've played this game quite a bit and then go into the, you know, here's some things you may want to do, you know. Yeah, I tend to approach it like um, like if it's something that's where it's really clear that they play pinball, but they don't know a particular like um, I was playing high speed two with somebody that wasn't shifting. Yeah, but but the, like the flipper skills were there and like clear, like clearly not new to pinball. And I just was like, oh, you know, by the way. <laughs> you want to do this one it's on ship that's pretty important um but uh anyway there, there are definitely people that afterwards i i if i want uh, a tip or something i i might say yeah i noticed that you were shooting for this can you tell me what you were thinking about like yeah that, and i'm usually you in your camp when happened? i do that because if i'm yeah, with somebody I'm like yeah. hey so i saw that you like blew this up and i saw you were shooting <laughs> yeah, for exactly. this what is that all <laughs> I mean, in terms of soliciting advice, yeah, definitely. Like, um, hey, I noticed that you were, you seem to, like, you picked this house on Game of Thrones. Like, let's talk about that. I'm really curious about what your strategy was. Um, that's the, that is the best kind of person to play with, I think. Uh, the other, like, the sort of subcategory, can you, can you tell? I'm really fun at parties. This <laughs> subcategory to your question, uh, this is really, this has really gone off the rails. Um, Roger Sharp. I would love to play it with Roger Sharp. <gasps> He's my uh, person. He's really? the answer to this question. It is Roger yeah. Sharp. Oh, I never thought anybody else would say Because <laughs> I, I have not done the questionnaire myself because, you know, yeah. I, I give the questionnaire. But that would be my answer to that question is the OG, Roger Sharp. That's who I want to play. That's that's yeah, it. It would, mean, it would be so... Uh, I don't know. I, I just feel I have so much... Um, respect for the the things that he's accomplished and the the he's one of many many people where the work that he did and his investment in the hobby like do you know there's a pretty direct line between my ability to enjoy it and what he did for it i completely agree you know it's one of those things where if i meet him in real life i am going to try to be super cool but it's not going to happen and i'm just going to have to tell him <laughs> thank you because i don't think we would be where we are to a certain extent without what he did. 
and the man has an episode of drunk history made after him. I mean, my God, yeah. <laughs> if nothing else, you know, life goals achieved, but um, he yeah. is just such an important figure in pinball history. Um, I know everybody's like, Oh, no, no. I was like, you know, th- that dude, you know, he's up there. Like he's in the Mount Rushmore of pinball history to me personally. Yeah. Um, so, and it's yeah. The, I mean, it's like the sort of game design and the level of involvement in the community and, um, yeah, I, I just uh, have immense respect and would be very pleased to play a game. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps no. a sharpshooter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's too funny. I, know, I was like, I was wondering if anybody would ever say his name for that answer. I was like, that's oh, yeah. my answer. Um, Roger, but, if you're listening, hit me up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ro- Mr. Sharp, if you were ever in San Antonio, Texas, please oh, come find me or I will find you because I'll probably know that you're coming and I will come find you. And not, not be, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I can't call Mr. Sharp. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. You're All right, last. You're la- much more respectful. <laughs> <laughs> last question. What is your dream theme? I, I, I mean, it's been ABBA for a while. That's uh, a good one. It just has. I saw a video. Um, I don't know if it's shareable because it was within a pinball group. A Swedish pinball group, but somebody had replaced the Trooper multi ball with like Super Trooper the song, <laughs> um, and and that truly like an Iron Maiden rethemed as an ABBA. That has that's my been my dream for a while. Oh my I, god, I that genuinely would be so awesome. think it works. Yeah, um, with the shots because, and the music modes, it could totally work. Yeah, because the toys are. It's not like the layout itself of that machine is like you walk up to it, you're like, oh, this is Iron Maiden. Like it has the theme, but the layout is not as beholden to that theme. I think that the, the integration is great. Yeah. But I can imagine a version of that same layout where it is, you know, ABBA inspired. Yeah, I no. could see it. I remember you posting that in the the, the Bells group uh, page, and I was like, oh, my God, Abba, that would be amazing. Oh, yeah. I, I'm like already thinking, like, knowing me, knowing you, you know, exactly. Dancing Queen multiball, you know, the whole thing. So it's just like, uh, yeah. Dancing you, Queen would be the two ball, wouldn't it? Yes, because it would just be the two of you dancing. So do you see that? Yes, I see it. I do. Like, uh, game designers take journey. note. Yeah. yeah, I will. I, you know what? Honestly, if there was an ABBA machine, it would so be in my house because I love ABBA. Like, I love ABBA <laughs> so much. I saw Mamma Mia the stage production, movie, yeah. saw the movies. I have, like, you know, ABBA Gold. And yeah, yeah, no, I love them very much. <laughs> yep. There's just nothing better. Yeah, no, nothing better than ABBA. And there's nowhere else we can go to from there. We've we've hit it. Abba, that's it. Done. Done. Karen, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. I hope you'll come back. I'd like to hear more about your pinball adventures in Europe and in Sweden. Um, if uh, people want to find out more about you, I, I, Karen's out and about <laughs> in Sweden. Yeah, I'm pretty easy to find. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can see her on um, some of the pinball groups here and there and um but yeah, again, I hope you'll come back and good luck to you and best wishes for all of your pinball stuff. You'll have to let me know when you're going to be coming to the States so we can hook up. Um, hopefully Pinburg, maybe TPF, maybe. So that'd be a yes, fun one. That would be great. Yeah, TPF has, a, there is the ladies uh, tournament that's coming back this year as well. So that's going to be super fun. Um, but yeah, no, I, I hope to see you soon and I wish you every, every wonderful thing for your upcoming pinball adventures.
Oh, thanks so much. It was really a pleasure. Next week, we're going to have Laura Fraley from Richmond, Virginia, the Richmond Pinball Collective. And she is going to give us her breakdown of Pinburg. So we've got lots more Pinburg and replay effects coverage coming up. And again, I want to say a huge congratulations to Holly Coastkine, Rachel Carlick, Carrie Wing, and Priyanka Kochar. And I apologize if I've butchered your names, but each one of you ladies did a tremendous job excellent pinball viewing. I had such a great time watching you play. And to the other 128 competitors, well done, ladies. Thank you for representing. And I hope I get a chance to meet each and every one of you. And if you are interested in coming on the show, and that invite goes to not only you four ladies, but anybody else out there. If you love playing pinball, you organize pinball, you make a living from pinball. If you're just related to pinball in any way, and you're a lady, I invite you to come on the show. Drop me an email, or if you just have any feedback about the show, love to hear from you. Email address is backboxpinballpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you so much for your support. Thank you for listening. And I hope to talk to each one of you very soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Backbox Pinball Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. To get pinball fun delivered to you every week, subscribe to our podcast on your podcatcher of choice. Also, we'd love for you to post a review on iTunes. To look at show notes and more, visit our website at backboxpinballpodcast.fireside.fm. Again, that's backboxpinballpodcast.fireside.fm. Thanks for taking us with you, and keep flipping!